The first in the nation primary, but is this the last stand for the Trump challenger? Welcome to our special programme this evening. We'll bring you all the news from New Hampshire. Just under five hours of voting to go and we'll be in North Virginia this evening for the official start of President Biden's re-election campaign. A stellar panel of guests with us tonight. Miles Taylor, formerly Chief of Staff in Donald Trump's Homeland Security team. We've got the former Lieutenant Governor of Florida, Jennifer Carroll. In New Hampshire, the Democrat strategist Marianne Marsh. And in Washington, the Post live anchor, Leanne Caldwell. A very good evening. American leadership matters to all of us, but perhaps never have the stakes been as high as they are in this 2024 election. Two hot wars in Ukraine and the Middle East, an accelerating climate crisis, and perhaps at stake the future of the transatlantic alliance. This is one of the most important dates in the electoral calendar, the Republican primary in New Hampshire, that will tell us so much about the shape of things to come and the mood of this American electorate. If you want four more years of Donald Trump, let me hear you scream! <laughs> if you want the race to be over tomorrow, let me hear you scream! <laughs> all right! Got a lot of Democrats voting for her. You have a crazy election. Let's all get out and let's vote for somebody that we want to run against. They want to run against because she's so easy to beat. If you look at the polls, <laughs> Biden beats her by a lot. We cannot have that. Chaos follows him. You know I'm right. Chaos follows him. And we can't be a country in disarray and have a world on fire and go through four more years of chaos because we won't survive it. But unless Nikki Haley can pull off an almighty upset in New Hampshire tonight, then it seems likely the 2020 rematch will be underway. We have a split-screen moment for you this evening. In a second, we will speak to Julie Zebrak, who is attending President Biden's speech in Northern Virginia. And in Concord, New Hampshire, we will start with Sumi Samaskanda, who will be there in two hours' time with some of the first exit poll data for us uh, this evening. Sumi, it's good to have you uh, back with us this evening. 84% of Republicans think Donald Trump is the candidate best placed, best placed to beat Joe Biden. Can you, can you see any way in which she wins tonight? In which Nikki Haley wins tonight, Christian? I didn't hear the yeah. question clearly. Can you see a way that she wins tonight? I've been asking that question, Christian, to some of the analysts we've been speaking to. And quite frankly, when I use the word pathway, they say pathway is perhaps too generous. Look, if you speak to Nikki Haley's campaign and some of her surrogates who we have been in contact with, they say that they believe she has a very good chance for a strong showing tonight. And that is because they believe that the independent voters in this state will turn out for her and cast their ballots for her. And indeed, the Secretary of State here in New Hampshire has said that this is likely going to be a record turnout in this presidential primary today. If that is the case and a good number of independents do turn out and decide to support uh, Governor Nikki Haley, then there is a possibility that she could get close. But the way that the polls are looking right now, you know, you mentioned some of them, Christian, that doesn't look very likely for Nikki Haley. And that's why we've seen, we've been discussing the fact that her campaign has walked back some of those promises or aspirations, let's say, uh, to land first in this presidential primary. They're already talking about South Carolina. And indeed, in a statement that they put out today, Christian, we saw them also looking ahead to Super Tuesday, saying after Super Tuesday, we'll see 
where things land. So clearly they want to perform well today. Nikki Haley, we saw her in the media this morning and also in that statement saying, look, the media itself is ready to coronate Donald Trump, but this is a democracy. Voters have to cast their ballots first. All that being said, that pathway to some sort of victory for Nikki Haley in the state looks pretty unlikely at this point. Yeah, and senior Republicans lining up behind Joe, uh, behind Donald Trump, uh, ready to endorse him, all of them bidding perhaps to be his running mate on the ticket. Um, one network said today it feels like a giant uh, edition of The Apprentice. <laughs> I guess they all are auditioning uh, for the job. Any clues as to who he might pick? I think it's not entirely clear at the moment, but you're right. Many of those surrogates have been out here in New Hampshire. We've mentioned Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. He's a name that keeps being brought into the conversation when it comes to the possible vice president pick. Another one is Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. She has been really the most pugnacious of Congress, uh, members of Congress who have been on the campaign trail for Donald Trump, has been incredibly loyal to him, and her name has been coming into the conversation more and more in the past week or two. We know it's not likely going to be Nikki Haley. In fact, she was asked that if that is something she would consider. And she said that's not on the, on the cards right now. Uh, so because, of course, she's been facing off against Donald Trump, it doesn't look like she would at all be in vice presidential con contention at this point. But I think we have to look very closely at those people who are out on the campaign trail for Donald Trump here in New Hampshire and will continue to be loud voices for him in the coming uh, South Carolina primary as well. Yeah, Sumi, thanks for that. Julie, um, it's no coincidence, is it, that there is a, another event in North Virginia uh, this afternoon. Um, what are you expecting that we'll hear from President Biden when he takes to the stage? Thank you for having me. Um, I'm delighted to be here at the first joint event for President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, they are kicking off their Restore Road tour. Um, and... This event is all about making sure the women in this nation and the men in this nation understand what the stakes are in terms of how women are viewed in this country. We know that this election for 2024 is going to decide how women are treated in this country. And Joe Biden, as well as VP Kamala Harris, are very clued in to what this means for us. What, what I'm talking about is the fact that if the Republicans win this election, they will know they are committed to um, passing a federal abortion ban, and that includes um, presidential contender Nikki Haley. And um, that will mean that no matter what state you live in in the United States, women will not be able to get abortions, even when their own personal health is in jeopardy. The vice president and the president are committed to codifying Roe, and the vice president is on tour right now, starting in northern, oh, started in Wisconsin yesterday, which is a battleground state, and she's today in northern Virginia with the president, and they are going to keep hammering home for the American people that restoring well, well, Roe v. Wade and, and abortion rights for women in this country yeah, is it's what interesting you say hammer home. It's interesting you say hammer home, Julie, because, of course, the Michigan governor... Gretchen Whitmer was on television just this weekend saying she wants them to lean into it more. It's proved a good ticket for the Democrats in recent votes. It's, Are they leaning in enough? You know what? This tour um, that the vice president is on, um, this is her second stop with the, the president right by her side, as, long, as well as the first lady and um, the second gentleman, Doug Emhoff. They are all committed to making this a primary piece of their campaign because it doesn't stop with Roe v. Wade. It doesn't stop with abortion in this country. 
the minute that the Republicans have the chance to chip away at rights, such as the right of women to choose what to do with their bodies, it will impact the right of women to achieve, uh, to obtain contraception. It will um, impact the right of the LGBT community to be who they are. And we all realize in the Democratic Party what's at stake. And in this country, it's really, yeah. a and we're ready to do it. I think that line just about held up. Julie, thank you very much indeed. Thank you to Sumi as well. We'll hear more from Sumi, of course, as the night uh, goes on. Let's bring in our panel to talk about some of the issues that are in front of us this evening. Um, Leon, let me bring you in first. I, I want to show our viewers why this is difficult. Uh, for Nikki Haley. Let me show you why the maths is, is really stacked against us. So this is a survey from Monmouth Polling, which is uh, an A-star poll, widely respected. Trump, you can see, 18 points up, 52-34, which is broadly in line with, with other polling. But the challenge for Haley is beneath these numbers. So she is winning the undeclared voters, 48-38, and the college-educated, 43-39. Uh, but she's losing among Republican voters, 64-22, non-college educated voters, 60-27, and those who consider themselves very conservative, 78-10. To win this, Leanne, she needs a big slice of that undeclared vote, but she also needs a broader slice of the Republican base, and that's what she's not getting. Yeah, the Republican base has always been the challenge for Nikki Haley. The Republican base is firmly behind the former president, Donald Trump, when you talk about those undeclared voters in New Hampshire, well, I guess let me take a step back. When you look at that picture that you just laid out, that is why New Hampshire is perhaps Nikki Haley's best chance in these early states to maybe get an upset or do quite well here because of the demographic and the makeup of the state. Now, getting back to those undeclared voters, they make up about 39 percent of the voters here so they can vote in that Republican primary and they can vote for Nikki Haley if they want. And that is the slice of voter that she is attracting. But part of the challenge here for Nikki Haley is she has spent an entire campaign until the last few days avoiding directly attacking the former president. And so while she's attracting the anti-Trump vote, uh, she didn't really base her campaign on that much. So she's trying to make up for that in the last few days. And we'll see if it's too little, too late. Yeah, Miles Taylor, too little, too late? I've got to think so, Christian. I mean, look, if she wanted to beat Donald Trump, she needed to treat him like he was actually a competitor, not like she was auditioning to be on the ticket with him. Even if, Christian, tonight is somehow an upset, and I don't mean Nikki Haley beating Donald Trump, even if she performs well, you have to think about what's next on the calendar. They've got South Carolina and they've got Nevada and Michigan and Idaho, places where Donald Trump is going to dominate. Even if Nikki Haley gets wind in her sails, she's going to have a really, really hard time competing with Trump in those places. And keep in mind, one of those is a place where she had been governor. But Donald Trump is still beating her in her home state where she was governor. So if she does well tonight, she has a huge uphill climb. And I think, at least in my view, it's safe to say that Donald Trump is still very likely to run away with the nomination here. And that tells us a lot about this moment that we are in in American politics. Jennifer Carroll, former lieutenant governor in Florida. I've got to ask you about Ron DeSantis, of course, because he's not there. Pulled out on Sunday. Had around 6% of the vote in New Hampshire. He's endorsed Donald Trump. We talked last night about why 
it didn't go right for him. Trying to run to the right of Donald Trump just didn't seem to work. And we were making the point that in a way, it really does feel this race as though Donald Trump is the incumbent. Well, true. And in a sense, he is because he has held that office before. And many of the candidates ran on that he is an outsider. If he came in, it's going to be so catastrophic. But the voters saw that when he was in office for the four years he was there, things were great, that they had um, discretionary income higher than they have now. The economy was doing well. We had safety and security on our borders. We had energy independence. So when the voters look at Donald Trump, they're not looking at him as a novice coming in with no experience. They're looking at what he accomplished the last time, seeing what we have now with open borders. The infrastructure is not great. The, the, um, the security is not great. We have our economy is not doing well. Hmm. Across the board, people have lost in their retirement income and they want to get back to a better order than it is today. So yeah. they're looking at Donald Trump as that savior. OK, I'm going to come back to those points on the economy later in the program. I might pick you up on some of that. Um, let me talk, uh, Marianne, about how Democrats view this. You're there in New Hampshire. Clearly, there's a bit of irritation, which we'll talk about later, about the fact Joe Biden's not in New Hampshire tonight. But talk to me about how they see the race on, on the right. Do they, do, they, do they even perceive that they're already in a general election campaign? Everyone's in a general election campaign starting tonight. Donald Trump it will be the nominee. Nikki Haley's not going to win New Hampshire, and it was her very best chance to win a state. She will not. And Joe Biden knows that it's a general election starting now. So we will have a 10-month, longest in modern history, general election. And that's why you saw Joe Biden and his administration starting to ramp up activities on abortion, events in South Carolina and elsewhere. They know that. But I, I want to just point to one thing that Leanne Caldwell said about Nikki Haley. Her, here's her problem. The Trump campaign expertly increased her unfavorability rating. They went after her. They ran ads against her. So her unfavorability rating went up. When that happens, people are less likely to believe your claims. But then at the very end, when she finally started to go after Donald Trump, even though she didn't have the standing to do it, she angered the very Republicans. She needs to win tonight, which she won't. So she was put in a box she could never get out of. So whether Nikki Haley's on to South Carolina, the presidential election of 2024 is on to the general election tonight. Just um, before we go to the break, Marianne, I mean, this will answer two real questions for us, won't it, when we look at the exit poll tonight. The first being, can Donald Trump replicate the sort of turnout that he had in Iowa? And will he turn out a disproportionate share of people who oppose him? Are there independents who can't vote for Trump that Biden and the Democrats would look to scoop up after this ballot? Both those things are true. The last tracking poll this morning by Suffolk has Trump up by 22 points. He hit 60. So the trend is your friend, and he kept, he kept going up. Nikki Haley would barely go up, couldn't catch him. But what you're really looking at, in, in addition to all of the people that Trump will pull out, the Republicans, and pull out some Democrats and unaffiliated to vote in the Republican primary, Donald Trump has the best organization in New Hampshire, just like he had in Iowa. And that alone is worth three to five points. So I expect Trump to win in similar fashion as he did in Iowa. He'll do that in New Hampshire tonight. Okay. Coming up, we'll uh, hear from the voters, the people who really count in all this, and we'll take a look at one of the issues that will be a deciding factor in this election, the cost of living. Do stay with us. This is BBC News.